Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for another day. We thank you for an opportunity to come together in your presence, to come together to experience you. Now, God, we ask that because we're here that you will speak to us. But we came for no other reason but to hear a word from you. So, God, my prayer is that as your word go forward, that we be all the better for hearing it. And that no one leave the same way they came. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. It's in that name we say amen. 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 One more time for good measure. One more time for good measure. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, so that you may be complete, so that you may lack nothing. As we continue on our theme for this year, let's be clear, 2020, I think it's worth reiterating that 2020 is not about perfection, but 2020 is in fact about clarity. Which means that as it pertains to life, things won't always be perfect. And things won't always go the way we want them to. But God will grant us clarity in how to navigate. In this particular text, we see some very controversial language. It's controversial because James tells us to consider it pure joy whenever we face trials of many kinds. And the reality is most of us do the opposite. Most of us, when we go through a trial or tribulation or face any sort of temptation, we don't consider it pure joy, but we oftentimes try to reflect back over our lives and contemplate what we may have done in the past that our current troubles might be punishment for. A lot of times when we go through the circumstances of life, we automatically assume that it's because the enemy has us under attack and we look at it as a negative and James is telling us to look at it as a positive controversial language because it's one of those things that scripture requires of us that seems to be a lot easier said than done because we can sit in here and look all put together if we want to but if I was to take a private poll of your personal life many of us would not be able to affirm that when we go through trials and tribulations that we're shouting for joy in the middle of it Nonetheless, whether or not it's easier said than done is not even really relevant. The bottom line is, if it's said, then it can be done. So this particular text is interesting because James writes this text. Jesus on the main line, praise God. James writes this text. And let me tell you something. There's, I, I don't have a doubt about anything in scripture. Uh, but there are some scriptures that individually will relate to more than others. James is a writer that I can relate to. James is a writer that I can relate to because James, the dynamic of James's life is a very interesting one. Anything that James says about Jesus, I believe. Because James was one of the last ones to trust Jesus's ministry. Yeah, there, there, are, there are many James's referenced in the Bible, especially in the New Testament. But this particular James 
is the half brother of Jesus himself. Right. And James grew up in a house where everything he did wasn't good enough because Jesus was perfect. Jesus could literally do no wrong. So I could only imagine the type of pressure James is under to perform at a high level because I'm the brother of Jesus. Everywhere we go, they talking about my mother's immaculate conception of Jesus. And most people don't even know that I exist. Some of y'all didn't even know this was Jesus, brother, until I just told you right now. You didn't even know that he existed. The Bible says that Jesus was neglected. His ministry was neglected, even in his own home. And James refers to himself in verse 1 of this text, not as the brother of Jesus, but as a servant of the Lord servant of Jesus Christ. So James doesn't try to jump on the coattail of the bandwagon of Jesus and use his status as Jesus' brother for credibility. James doesn't even acknowledge himself as Jesus' brother, only a servant of Jesus. So I believe whatever James has to say because James says, listen, if, if Jesus can convince me and I have to live with him, then he should be able to convince you. So when James says to count it all joy or consider it pure joy, when you face trials of many kinds, I believe him. But I also understand that it's not easy to do. And that's why the title of today's message is called Growing Pain. Because to be able to find joy in our trials is a sign of growth. But growth isn't always easy. And growth sometimes causes pain. But there's a few things that in these few passages of scripture, there's three verses. There's a few things that I want to lift up that I believe will help us all to navigate through our growing pains. The first thing that I want you to recognize in the text as you navigate through your growing pains, once you see this in verse 2, don't run from your problems. Don't run from your problems. James says in verse 2, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. First thing James says is to consider it pure joy. He says consider it. Uh, consider means to think about it. Okay, think about what's happening. Think about it. Contemplate on it. Reflect on it. Really meditate on what's currently happening. Don't try to hide from it. Don't try to ignore it and hope it goes away. But really think about the problems that you're going through. And then James says, he says, consider it. Uh, and, and one word for consider is to reflect. Uh, so, so I want you to reflect on your problems. Now, um, that could cause some confusion because a lot of times when we say words like reflect, uh, we do it after it's over. Okay. Um, but James said, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it not after it's over, but I want you to think about it while it's happening. I'll prove it to you. In the text, James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. He doesn't say if ever. He doesn't say after you ever. He doesn't say any of that. He says whenever you face trials of many kinds to consider it pure joy. So that means when it's happening, think about it. When it's happening, think about it while it's happening. Take a moment to just step back. Don't react to the problem. Just take a moment to sit there and really think about it. And while it's happening, consider it pure joy. Then... Um, Here's the thing. He says, while it's happening, consider it pure joy. While it's happening, consider, um, which means to think about it, which means you actually have a choice. So you have a choice on how to respond to your problems. You have a choice on how to respond to your issues. He says, consider it pure joy. So that means you have a choice 
to find joy in your trials. Um, I've told you before and I'll say it again um, that joy is not the same of happiness because happiness is predicated on what's happening. But joy is when you can when you can find peace and when you can rejoice, even when things don't look good, even when what's happening is not the way you want it to happen. So James says, while you're in the middle of it, I want you to think about it while you're in the middle of it. Just take a moment and think about it. Uh, why do I need to take a moment and think about it? Because what you have to understand is the very moment that you face a trial, the very moment that you face a tribulation, if you take some time to think about it, you'll recognize and realize that now you're beginning to find yourself in the perfect position to see God move. Because, because it's oftentimes in our trials and tribulations that we see God navigate the most. If we just took a moment just to sit back and realize what's happening, we'll realize that as we're in the middle of the storm, it's when Jesus will get up off of his bed and come and speak to your storm and say, peace be still. It's when things are going wrong. It's when, it's when Pharaoh's army is chasing us that God will make a way out of nowhere. It's when things are going wrong that we see God begin to move. It's when we don't have enough food and Jesus will take a little boy's lunch and feed a multitude of people. It's when we have problems that we begin to see God move. So James says if you just take a moment and just think about it, you'll understand that now you're in the position to be able to see God move in a way that you've never seen him move in your life before. So just take some time to think about it and consider that this is a time for joy. He says, I want you to consider it, uh, consider it all joy whenever you face trials. Get this of many kinds. One translation says diverse temptations, which means a multitude of things. Consider it pure joy, not when you're going through a problem, but when you're going through some problems. He says when you face trials of many kinds, consider it all joy. So he's saying, uh, I want you to consider it uh, even when you don't have the money. I want you to consider it even when you don't have the energy. I want you to consider it even when your friends are not around. I want you to consider it even when you don't have the resources. I want you to consider it even when things just can't seem to go your way. Consider it when every time you take one step forward, you seem to get knocked two steps back. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds get this because the reason why you're facing trials of many kinds is because you're multi-dimensional okay. so you face multi-dimensional problems because you're a multi-dimensional person okay. all right so um so uh, multi-dimensional people uh deal with multi-dimensional problems so so here's the thing uh here's the thing you got to recognize that because you bring so much to the table, um, you're too valuable to be attacked in, in, a, in a unilateral way. Okay. So, so uh, the reason why the reason why the enemy comes at you like a flood is because a puddle ain't big enough to keep you down. All right. So, 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 the, so, a lot of times the problems that we face signify uh, the type of anointing we have. A lot of times the problems that we face signify where God is trying to take us in the future. The reason why you seem to be attacked in your money and your body and your mind all at the same time is because the enemy knows that if he can attack your mind, he can make you mismanage your money. And if he can make you mismanage your money, then you start doing things that affect your body out of depression for not having the money. And you don't have the money because you mismanaged that because he attacked your mind. So he tries to attack you in multidimensional ways because you're a multidimensional person. And because you have so many avenues by which God can use you, he has to attack you in all ways at once. Because if he only attacks you one way at a time, then you'll, then you'll naturally navigate to the spaces where you're open. And so he tries to attack you in multiple ways because you are in fact multidimensional. And Satan understands that if I'm going to attack, I got to attack at all points 
words at once because if I leave them any room to get up out of the bed and get to church in the morning and if they give God any type of praise on their own behalf, if they give God any type of praise on the behalf of their problems, if they give God any type of praise on behalf of their family members, my whole situation is shut down. So the reason why you keep facing trials of many kinds is because God wants to use you in many ways. So in knowing that, I encourage you not to run from your problems because they, uh, J- uh, James says, whenever you face trials of many kinds, he says, whenever you face trials of many kinds, whenever you face them, whenever you look at them and attack them head on, whenever you face trials. See, this is the thing. The reason why you can't find joy in your problems is because you won't face your problems. The reason why you can't find joy in, in your issues is because you won't face them. You keep hiding from them and you keep hoping that they just going to disappear and go away. You just keep hoping that if I leave it alone long enough that, that everything's just going to be alright. But there are some things that you got to look right dead in the face and say no matter what it looks like, I'm not going to believe what I see because, because I don't function based off of what I see. I function based off of what I know. And I know if I see it, then God can bring me out of it. So the problem is that you're not facing your problems. James says whenever you face your problems, you can count it all joy. So that's number one. Number one, don't run from your problems. Point number two, uh, we got to get out of here. We got communion today. Point number two, uh, after you face your problems, allow your tests to produce. After you face your problems, allow your tests to produce. Uh, verse number three says this. Verse number three says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. You know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Um, let me bring some clarity on this moment real quick. Uh, I'm not calling nobody out. Uh, when James says, uh, you know, he ain't even really talking about you. James ain't really talking about you. Uh, If you read verse 1, you'll understand uh, that this letter from James was actually sent out to the 12 tribes of Israel. He wasn't even talking about you. He wasn't talking about you. He was talking about about the 12 tribes of Israel. He says, y'all know if anybody knows, y'all know that, that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. If anybody knows what 400 years of slavery looks like, Y'all know. If anybody knows what it looks like to wander around in the wilderness and have no idea where you're going and wonder if you should have left where you came from, if anybody knows, you know. If anybody knows what it looks like to have to fight over and over again for what God has already promised you because people keep invading your space and every time you get ready to go into the space God has promised you, somebody's already in the land and I got to try to figure out how I'm going to get the giants off of my stuff. If anybody knows, you, you know. If anybody knows what it looks like to have something or someone bigger than you come into your life and challenge everything you believe and you have to stand in the middle of a field by yourself, undersized and undermatched and throw what you got at the enemy in order for God to bring you out. If anybody knows, you know. Says you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, you know. James wasn't even talking to you. He was talking to Israel. But here's what I'm glad about. I'm glad that God saw fit to make provision that when James was talking to Israel in this moment, that it now applies to me. I don't want you to miss it. James wasn't talking to you, but it applies to you. Um, but because because salvation is given to the Jew and the Gentile. Okay. So so we are now heirs and again joint heirs of Jesus Christ. So so even though he wasn't initially talking to me, I give thanks to God because it applies to me. 
James says, James says, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance, uh, you got to allow the test to produce. Um, you got to understand that you need this level of trusting, uh, of trouble. Uh, you need this level of trouble to take you to the next level of triumph. All right. All right. You need you need to understand that the level of trouble you're facing right now, if you can get out of this level of trouble, if you can push through this level of trouble, you'll look up and find yourself on the other side of trouble. And on the other side of trouble is a new level of triumph. All right. Um, See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, the reason why it's hard for y'all to push past and, 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 and allow, uh, push through your troubles, the reason why it's hard is because you're taking it personal. You're taking it personal. You look at your situation and you think that this is a personal thing. You think that this is an attack specifically on you. You, you, you taking it real personal. You have decided that the enemy has picked you out of all people to be the one to attack. But it's not personal. Uh, because James says, James says, uh, James says that your faith is being tested. Never in the scripture does he say you are being tested. All right. All right. He says, he says your, your, your faith is being tested. Whenever your faith is tested is what James says. He says, he says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So, uh, in order, in order, the reason why your, your faith has to be tested is because in order for your faith to work, you got to work your faith. All right. Y'all making me work way too hard. All right. So James says your faith right now is being tested. The reason why your faith is being tested is because the only way we can get your faith to work is for you to work your faith. James says uh, that the testing of your faith uh, produces perseverance. Uh, so it's your test, your faith that's being tested. Uh, so you got to understand that every test is not to expose what you don't know. Every test is not to expose uh, where you fall short. Some tests are designed to show what you do know. Okay. Some, some, tests, some tests are designed to give you confidence that, that if I pass this test, then I ain't even worried about what's coming next. Okay. Some, some tests are designed to encourage you to let you know uh, that you can face anything that's going to come against you. Uh, sometimes uh, you got to go through some stuff to prove that you can get through some stuff. Okay. All right. So uh, so so James says that that your faith is tested and he says it produces perseverance. Okay. It produces perseverance or or patience. It produces perseverance. Uh, or patience, and and that's not that's not uh, patience in the sen- in the sense of uh, the ability to sit and wait. Okay, that's not patience in the sense of the ability to to sort of chill out and be quiet. That that's not that kind of patience. That's not that kind of perseverance. What James is talking about is is the ability to keep going when it seems like you don't have nothing left. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, the Bible says, the Bible says uh, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, so, so here's your cycle. Here's your cycle. Okay. Um, you hear the word of God. God gives you faith to believe the word that you heard. After he gives you faith to believe the word that you heard, he sends a test to strengthen the faith that he gave you after you heard the word. Okay. And then after he strengthens the faith that he gave you after you heard the word, now you need to hear another word to, to get through another test so he can give you more strength from the word that you heard. So then after you get through that test, then you need to hear another word so that you can get more faith to go through the next test. And after you get through the next test, you need another word. Okay, so... So y'all with me? So 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 James says James says that as your test is, fa- is as your faith is tested uh, as your faith is tested that God will give you it will produce perseverance it will produce the ability to push through when you don't have nothing left. Okay. Um, uh, 
God will give you the ability to make it if you make the decision not to give up. Okay. God, God will give you the, the ability to make it if you decide not to give up. Um, when, when I was in high school, when I was in high school, um, I unsuccessfully ran cross country. See, cross country wasn't really my thing. I wasn't even a fan of running. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not. I'm, I'm at the gym every morning. I walk right on past the treadmills. I don't even pretend. I don't, don't pass gold. Don't collect $200. I'm, I'm, I don't want no parts. Uh, when I was in high school, I unsuccessfully ran cross country. Uh, uh, well, I thought that I was unsuccessfully running cross country because in pretty much every cross country meet, uh, I came in last or close to it. <laughs> yep, came in last or close to it. Uh, and every single day, whether it was a day for a meet or whether it was a day for practice, every day I quit. <laughs> every day I said, I'm not coming back tomorrow. This is for the birds. I'm through with this. I'm done. I'm not coming back. This is stupid. I'm, this is dumb. Uh, and so, and so, I was getting really frustrated because nobody likes to lose. But it seemed like no matter what I did, I was either coming in last or close to it. Um, but then something clicked in my mind. Something clicked in my mind. Something clicked, and that something was. I remembered why I was running cross country in the first place. All right. I was never running cross country to be good at cross country. I was running cross country to give me an edge on the basketball court. All right, all right, y'all, y'all, y'all don't understand because y'all don't understand how much of a struggle it was for me on the basketball court. Um, as a guard, the assumption was that I was supposed to be one of the fastest people on the court. Nope. Wasn't me. Told y'all running really wasn't my thing. I ain't, I ain't really, you ain't, you ain't need to run a whole, all I, all I really want to do is shoot. You ain't need to run a whole lot to do that. That's, that's all I really want to do. And and I was able I was able to get by with that all the way up until I got to high school. And high school was a whole nother level. It was it was whole it was totally different. So I started running cross country because I needed an edge on the basketball court. So so what I found out was one day one day my basketball coach came to me and he says Jordan I haven't seen you uh, in fall conditioning. I said yeah coach I, I haven't been in fall conditioning because I've been running cross country. So you know. I remember you said if you're if you're a multi-sport athlete, you finish that sport and then you come uh, come to basketball conditioning. He says, yeah. Uh, he says um, he says, but I tell you what. He says, I still want to see you at the conditioning. He says, I understand you run across country and I I, I appreciate you uh, for picking up another sport, but at least every now and then just show up uh, to the basketball conditioning uh, because because uh, you know you one of the leaders on the team and all of that good stuff. Uh, and so he said, I want I want you to be seen visibly. And so one day, I had a cross-country meet that I either came in last in or, or close to it. And I went to basketball conditioning uh, after the cross-country meet, and it was time to play five-on-five, five, and they didn't have enough to play five-on-five, five, so I had to play uh, in order for them to have enough. Now, I just ran a cross-country meet. Okay. So, so now I got to play five-on-five five after having just run a cross-country meet. But after about the third game, I began to realize that everybody on the court seemed to be getting slower. Um, uh, either they was getting slower or I was getting faster. One of the two was happening. I, and, and, and so what I began to realize, uh, even though I was coming in last or close to it when I was running cross country, that wasn't really my race to run. My race was on the basketball court. So what I started to find was that my endurance would outlast their speed. Okay, y'all still don't get it. Okay, so that's that's preseason stuff. That's preseason stuff. By the time the season starts, uh, cross country's over. Okay. Uh, and so I've built up a whole cross-country season's worth of endurance. Uh, 
Okay. So so now at, when, when it's game day, when it's game day, I get on the court and I know that the majority of the people who I'm going to have to guard and majority of the people who are going to be guarding me are going to be faster than me. I already know it. Um, but 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 I had considered. I, I considered, I thought about it, I took a second and I thought about it and I considered and I realized that all I have to do is just keep playing and don't give up, okay? Uh, because, because what will happen is I will start to notice that round about the second quarter, uh, the game will begin to slow down. And then we will have halftime break and everybody in the locker room is, is sucking down water in the locker room on the halftime break. And I'm looking at everybody like they're crazy because I'm just getting started. Okay. Now, now, now we come out on the halftime break. Everybody got a rest. So now in the beginning of the third quarter, the game picks back up a little bit. But then by the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, the game starts to slow down a whole lot. So the same people who started off the game faster than me, they done got tired. And now I'm faster than them. Y'all not, not getting this whole thing. Y'all need to read your Bible because if you read your Bible, you would understand that the race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but to those who can endure toward the end. And as long as you can just keep going and don't give up, the testing of your faith will produce perseverance. And even when it looks like everybody's shooting ahead of you, if you just keep going, just keep running, just keep going and keep running, you'll find that everything will start to slow down. And just when you thought everything was over, God will give you enough energy to push through and win at the end. Says so God will give you the ability if you decide not to give up. That's why the old song used to say, if I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles, that payday is coming after a while. It might not be right now. It might not be tomorrow. But if I just keep going and let God do what he does, it's coming after a while. Okay, one of the songs says, I just can't give up now. I've come way too far from where I started from. Nobody told me it was going to be easy, but I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me right here. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, Paul says, I press toward the mark, even though I'm tired, even though I'm weary, even though I got a pain in my side, I press toward the mark of the high call in Jesus Christ, because if I do it, I don't have to do it alone. So you got to allow your test to produce. If you allow them to produce, God will give you the perseverance. So after you face your problems and you allow your test to produce, the last thing I want you to do is understand this, uh, that if you keep going, your perseverance brings a prize. Okay. Uh, verse number four says, verse number four, James says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lack anything. Okay. All right. Uh, he says, let perseverance finish its work. Uh, see, this is what you got to understand. This is what you got to understand. When you're in the middle of your test and, 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 and your perseverance is being developed, uh, your tests are, are essentially grooming you. Okay, your tests are grooming you. Your tests are an opportunity for you to be worked on. Okay, uh, uh, your tests are your tests are preparing you for the next level. Okay, um, um, you're being you're being groomed. You're being worked on and prepared. Uh, and and so so as you're getting worked on, as you're getting worked on, and as you're getting groomed, uh, uh, we. You sometimes got to go through a test because you got to do a test run to make sure everything is running right. Okay. All right. So you're being groomed. Uh, you're being groomed. Your tests are grooming you. And God is working on you and preparing you for the next level. Uh, and James says, when it's all said and done, if you just let it work the way it's supposed to work and you let the work finish, as long as you don't get up too soon, as long as you don't give up too soon, as long as you let it finish, as long as you let it finish, uh, this is what's going to happen. James says uh, that you will be mature. He says you'll be mature, uh, mature. So, so you will be, you will be developed. Okay. Uh, you, you will have evolved. Okay, you'll, you'll be mature. Uh, um, James says you'll be mature. He says, uh, essentially, uh, if you let the process happen right, uh, you, you'll be different than how you used to be. Okay. Uh, so, so what you need to understand is 
um, you're not who you used to be because of what you've been through. It's, it's the stuff it's the stuff that you've been through that make you who you are okay. and every time you go through something God is maturing who you are and changing you from who you used to be to who you are all right all right um uh, he, he's maturing you he's grooming you uh, you're Okay, all right. Uh, let me tell you what happens. Let me explain to you what happens when you allow the test to groom you and mature you. All right, let me tell you what happens. Um, uh, if, you, if, you take, if you take a piece of pure gold, it doesn't look attractive at all. Okay. Uh, if, if, if you've ever seen gold uh, that has been freshly uh, pulled out of the mine, the, the gold miners, if you've ever seen it, it doesn't look attractive. It doesn't look valuable. It doesn't look like it's worth anything. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to go good with the shirt you just bought. The gold doesn't look like anything at all. The, what gives gold its value uh, is the fire that it withstands. All right. All right. How, how, how you get a valuable goal is by putting it through the fire. Okay. Now, uh, uh, how long it's able to withstand the fire without falling apart determines its quality. Uh, I know y'all mad at Shaka Khan because of how she sounded at the All-Star game. Uh, but... But she, she knew a little bit about what she was talking about when she, when she rode through the fire because there's something about going through the fire. There's something about the process of going through the fire because when you go through the fire, uh, when gold goes through the fire, uh, what's left when, when it's done with the fire is what's most valuable. Okay. All right. All right. When you go through the fire, the reason why gold has to go through the fire is because you got to go through the fire to burn off the stuff that don't belong. All right. And, and, and what, what is able to withstand the fire and to come out of the fire once it has cooled off, uh, it's what's most valuable. All right. All right. Y'all not getting it. We'll go. Okay. Uh, um, uh, all of y'all like diamonds. All of y'all like diamonds. Um, uh, uh, if you if you if you take a diamond, I told you this before. If you take a diamond in its purest form, if you take a diamond in its purest form, uh, it's not like gold. When you take a diamond in its purest form, gold gold still looks like gold a little bit. It just don't look like the gold that you wear. But if you take a diamond in its beginning forms, uh, a diamond don't look like diamond at all. Okay. Uh, diamond look like what you throw in your grill when you get ready to throw that chicken on there. That, that's what that's what diamond look like. And in order for you to get the diamond uh, that you want, that diamond has to go through some pressure. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. And 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 if and if a diamond goes through enough pressure for a long enough time, uh, then the diamond comes out uh, what you want it to be. All right. But the thing about the diamond is, the thing about the diamond is, uh, in order to know that you got a real diamond, uh, you got to take, you got to take a, a, a magnifying glass and look in the diamond and see if you can see traces of what it used to be. Because a real diamond still has traces of coal in it. Okay, so if you take a magnifying glass and you look through a diamond and you don't see any traces of coal, chances are you don't have a diamond. Chances are you have glass. And, and at the naked eye, uh, glass looks a lot like diamond if it's shaped right. Uh, but the problem is glass can be broken. And, and diamonds can't be, can't be broken. Uh, uh, but the reason why diamonds can't be broken is because they've spent so much time under pressure that there's nothing you can do to me now that can amount to the pressure that I just came out of. So if you think you just don't break me like a piece of glass, you sadly mistaken, boo-boo, because I'm diamond. And if you look closely enough at me, you'll see some traces of what I've been through. And what I've been through has brought me to where I am right now.
Y'all didn't get it. Y'all didn't get it with the gold. Y'all didn't get it with the diamonds. Uh, let me help you real quick. Let me help you real quick because some of y'all ain't really been through the fire, and that's okay. Everybody's testimony ain't the same. Some of y'all ain't even been through a whole lot of pressure. That's all right because everybody's testimony ain't the same. Maybe your testimony uh, is that I is that is that I've been through some dirt and and some uh, we in church. I've been through some dirt and I've been through some crap before. Use your imagination. I've been through. I've been through some dirt, and I've been uh, so so uh, so. What happens is sometimes, sometimes, um, in order for you to get what you want, and in order uh, for you to produce what you need to produce, uh, you gotta be put up under some dirt and some crap. Okay. All right. Uh, because because the dirt in and of itself might be good enough uh, to grow you. It might be, it might be, uh, because when you put a seed in the ground, if you put a seed in the ground and the dirt is good and the dirt is good and you put enough water on it and you put enough sun on it, then, then it'll grow something. You, I don't know, you, you can't really tell what it's going to grow, but it'll grow something. If, if you got good enough dirt and you put a seed in the ground and give it some water and give it some sun, if you take, if you take a seed and put it under some dirt and then, and then allow some water to flow on it, if you allow some, some some water to flow and then you expose it to some sun okay y'all gonna get this here in just a second if you if, if you take a seed and you put and, and the seed is dirty because the, the seed is in the dirt but but if you put some water on it and, and you expose it to to some sun if you expose it to the sun then the seed will grow okay all right all right Y'all gonna understand this in just a second it'll grow uh, but but it'll really grow if you put some mess on it all right, it'll, 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 really, it'll really, really grow if you put some mess on it. And see, the problem is, the problem is we, we get so complacent and we okay with just growing, but we don't want to deal uh, with putting some mess on it. But the problem, because, because if we put some mess on it, then it's not going to look good. If we put some mess on it, then it's not going to smell good. If we put some mess on it, it's not going to be real attractive. When we put some mess on it, then ain't nobody going to want to touch it. Uh, and some of us got some mess on us. We don't look all that good. We don't smell all that great. Uh, but the, and, and nobody really don't want to have nothing to do with you. Uh, but, but if you just stay there for a little while, uh, you'll understand uh, that the reason why you didn't stay up under the dirt and up under the mess is because you weren't buried. You were planted. And it was because God planted me in this place that I'm able to grow into what he has called me to do. Uh, Perseverance, perseverance produces a prize that will mature you. Okay, then James says not only will it mature you, but it will complete you. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, he says it'll complete you. Um, my question to you is, my question to you before I go into this point, uh, my question to you is, uh, why would you settle for good when you can have great? Okay. Um, why would you settle for good when you can have great? Y'all looking at me crazy. Why are you asking me that question? Because James said, uh, not only will it mature you, uh, but it will complete you. Why, why, why would you settle uh, for good when you can have great? Um, because, because just because God, just because God does something, uh, doesn't mean He's done everything. Because God can do some things in your life, uh, but it not make the situation complete. Let me prove it to you. Um, Many of us want to settle for being healed when God wants to make you whole. All right. All right. Uh, all right. If you look at the miracles of Jesus, if you look at the miracles of Jesus, what you will find is that anytime anyone had a physical ailment, uh, Jesus would heal their ailment. And then he would say, your faith has made you whole. Okay. All right. Um, which implies that you can get a healing and still lack wholeness. All right. The, the, the reason why you can get a healing and still lack wholeness is because you're okay with settling for good because healing is good, but wholeness is great. You got to get to a point where uh, 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 good ain't good enough. You, you got to get to a point where you don't just want the healing, but you want the wholeness. Uh, uh, okay. All right. Um, 
there comes a point in time, there comes a point in time in everybody's life uh, where you're something like the woman at the well, uh, where, where, where you're thirsty for something, you're seeking something, and, and, and it would have been good enough for you to just be able to go to the well and get some water. But when you got to the well, you had an unexpected encounter with Jesus. And Jesus says, I know you came for the, to the well for this water, but that's just good. I want to give you great. Uh, uh, I know you came for this water, but I want to give you some living water. I'm talking about some water that once you drink this, you'll never thirst again. I, I want to make the stuff right in your life. I, I want you to never have to come back to the places that you used to go uh, for validation from people you used to know. I want you to be able to move forward and tell about my goodness and don't forget where you came from, but don't feel like you got to stay there. I want you uh, to not just settle for good, but to expect great. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, we settled for good because it was good to be a fisherman, but Jesus said being a fisherman is good, and I want you to take what you learned and your experience of being a fisherman, but that just ain't good enough. I want you to take the experience that you learned from being a fisherman, and I'm going to turn you into fishers of men because good just ain't good enough. What I want you to do is to use the experiences in your past life to bring people to me in your present life and watch what I do for you in your future life. Uh, Jesus says good ain't good enough and James says that if you persevere that perseverance brings a prize and not only will he mature you but he will complete you uh he will complete you which means that even though stuff was good before i'm expecting great from god even though stuff was all right before i'm expecting him to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that i can ask think or imagine because good just ain't good enough perseverance brings a prize all right, not only, not only does it mature you, but it also will complete you. And this is my favorite one. Then James says, not only does it mature you, not only does it complete you, but you'll lack nothing. Uh, yeah, he says, he says you'll lack nothing. See, that's the beauty of being complete because when you're complete, uh, you don't lack anything. When you're incomplete, there's holes and gaps to fill. But once you've been complete, th then you don't lack anything. Uh, James says uh, not only will he mature you, but he'll complete you and you'll lack nothing. You will lack no thing. All right, you, you you will lack you will lack no thing. All right, you will lack no thing. Um, uh, uh, let me let me put it let me put it in scripture for you. Uh, you will lack nothing. Come here, David. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging bread. I, I ain't never seen the righteous lacking for anything. Okay, all right, y'all didn't get it with that. Okay, okay. Uh, Jesus, God says, no good thing will I withhold. From, okay, y'all didn't get it with that. All right. Uh, 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 come here, Moses. Moses, I need you to go to Pharaoh and to get my people. Uh, God, that's cool in the gang, but who am I going to tell Pharaoh sent me? Tell him I am sent me, Moses. Uh, uh, I understand that, God, but, but what does that mean? That means I am whoever you need me to be. The reason why you're complete is because you're in me. So whatever gaps you have to fill, I'll fill it. Whatever it is that you need, I'll be it. Whatever it is that you can't see through, I'll guide you. Whatever it is you need protection from, I'll protect you because in me you lack nothing. But this is what you got to understand. You got to develop your perseverance before you can really understand that because it takes some walking with God to know that he'll be your everything. It, 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 takes, it takes some time with him to be able to understand just who he is in your life. Uh, you know that he becomes whatever you need once he's became whatever you needed. See, see you got you to gotta spend some time once after you've suffered a little while. See, you got to go through some stuff uh, because, because we only have a testimony because we done gone through some tests. We, you, you really got to really spend some time with God before you really understand who he is. You, you you can't really shout like I can about God being a healer unless you've really been sick. You can't really shout like I can about God being a provider unless you didn't know where your next meal was coming from. You really, you, you, you really can't shout about God being a comforter uh, uh, until you were uh, at your lowest point and nobody was around to be there for you. You really don't know him like I know him unless you've been uh, through what I've been through. So James says if you just walk with him for a little while and just don't give up. Up, you'll see that in him you lack nothing. That's right. So the first thing 
comes with the growing pains. I know it's I know it hurts. I know it's hurt. I know it hurts, but don't run from your problems. And I know it's hard, but but allow your tests to produce. And if you do that, if you can suffer through that pain, then you'll see that your perseverance brings a prize. Here's, here's the bottom line of everything that I want you to get today. Here's the bottom line of everything that I want you to get. What you're facing right now is just like what you just came out of. What you're facing right now, the problem that you're facing right now, the problem that's in your life right now is just like the one that you just came out of. You're looking at me crazy for two reasons. You're looking at me crazy because I don't even know what your problem is right now. You're looking at me crazy again because you you looking at me and you're saying my problem that I'm facing right now ain't nothing like the problem I just came out of. These are two different, two different things, two different categories. It, it ain't nothing like the problem. But 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 I want to encourage you and to tell you that the problem you're facing right now is just like the problem you just came out of. Let me prove it to you. Because because the problem that you just came out of, you live to tell about. And guess what? When God brings you out of this problem, you can tell about that one too. Because, because there's no problem big enough for my God. There's no problem too small for my God. There's no there, there, there's no 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 mountain he can't move. There's no issue he can't solve. Everything that I'm going through has to fall under the subjection of his power. And if he brought me out before, he'll bring me out again. And if I gave him praise before, I can give him praise now because he brought me out then. So I'm going to praise him now because I know if he did it before that he'll do it again. And even if I ain't going through nothing, I'll praise him with you for your problems. Because if he brought me out, I know he can bring you out. Is there anybody in this place that will be bold enough to give God praise and count it all joy, even though there's some stuff going wrong in my life? This Christian walk ain't always easy. Sometimes it comes with some growing pains. But if you can persevere through the pain, then God will give you the prize. And we're going to thank him for it today because he gave us the strength to keep going. Yeah, put your hands together and give God some praise because he gave you the strength not to give up. Put your hands together and give God some praise because he gave you the strength not to tap out. Give God some praise because he gave you the strength even when you didn't have enough left. He gave you what you needed to make it. sanctuary we're going to go to our father because because if we're going to face problems anyway we might as well give it to the one who can fix them it's prayer time